0: This is Shelby Harris, and you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. What's up? What's happening, everybody? It's your OBR film breakdown crossover with All Eyes on Cleveland, game day edition, Browns, Bears. Brad, we're already in week 15. Sort of feels surreal. Every year this happens, but it's like, I can vividly remember that first Thursday college football game we get that kind of kicks off the season. And then all of a sudden it's December and it's games on Saturday. And the football season is like, you know, you can see the end is in sight and it's a sad time. It's a good time, good games, but a sad time.
1: Yeah, we blinked and the season is, uh, nearly over. And, uh, although I do enjoy when we get the NFL on Saturday, uh, I do, too. I, I enjoy do too. that transition.
0: Yeah, three games perfectly spaced out. Really enjoy that. Let's talk about those real quick. So the Bengals fall behind uh, yes. the Vikings. 14. I think it got to 14-3. Did it get to 17-3? No, Six, yeah, it, did. it did. 17-3 at
1: it, half. Yep.
0: Yeah, it got to 17-3. Brad, it got to 17-3 with four minutes left in the third. Yeah. Then the Bengals get two touchdowns. Uh, one to T. Higgins, one Joe Mixon, fourth down touchdown run. Vikings retake the lead 24-17. Then you get that unbelievable goal line contested jump ball, swing the ball across the plane from T. Higgins. That's not the highlight of his season. He hasn't had a great year, largely great. dealing with injuries, but just a reminder great. there with 39 seconds left of what he can do. And that game for the Bengals and Vikings was wildly important, man. You're talking about uh, yeah. the Vikings go from a 72% chance of making the playoffs of the win. They swing down with the loss because in overtime, they couldn't get that one. I mean, it was a half yard quarterback sneak. So they go down to 53% now. And then obviously, since this is an NFC game on the surface for the week, it doesn't immensely help the Bengals, but it does create uh, some wiggle room, right? They were 9% if they lost that game. They were sitting at kind of like 19%, um, but they're up to 24 and a half and. You know they have the Steelers remaining. I think the Bengals still have the Chiefs too. So it's not it's not an easy path here for the Bengals to win out because I think they have to win out to get in. Brad,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, at least at least close to it, right? They got uh, they go to Pittsburgh and then they go to Kansas City. So two road games. Pittsburgh fighting for their life. Not a good team. We know that Pittsburgh lost obviously as well, thirty to thirteen. But uh, the Bengals need to win both of those to make that game in week eighteen there against the Browns matter obviously i think you and i were pulling for the vikings because you want the Bengals' season to sort of come to an end as soon as possible they would not have been officially yes. eliminated on this saturday but it would have made life really challenging for them but uh, they come back and have a heroic 27 24 win and then the other one worth reacting to is the steelers lose 30 to 13 and it does feel like brad the steelers are on the down slope. I remember last year they started two and six and one out made themselves yep. sort of relevant they're on the opposite end of the spectrum this year. And I, for one, just cannot wait to watch what unfolds there from a leadership perspective with Pittsburgh, where it all goes uh, after a chance here. Because Pittsburgh plays, again, want to make sure I have this right. We talked, they, they get the Bengals this week, team, a team that's obviously in a good position to fight for their life for the playoffs. They go out to Seattle and then they go out to Baltimore to close the season, Brad. Two teams, obviously, the Ravens fighting to win the division. Seattle fighting for that 6-7 seed in a bad NFC. So even yeah. though their record isn't great, they have a chance to make it. We're talking about a chance the Steelers lose six straight ball games to lose, to close a year, Brad.
1: Yeah, and you kind of feel this coming, right? Like it feels like uh, this transition to Trubisky felt a little desperate. And then uh, it just—they're uh, not good. They're not very good uh, at all. And you're seeing a lot of. Although Ben Roethlisberger is not my favorite person, his comments in the press, I'm sure, did not help. Or on his football and podcast, where he said the culture is changing. Right. Uh, yeah. This week uh, made they're a lot of headlines. They're just not as
0: talented. They're not as talented as they used to be collectively. And that's what Agreed.
1: happens, right? They, but you also—I would see... say. They've been overcoming, Brad. They've been overachieving. We we would agree with me on that, right? Oh, I agree with you 100% on that. But I think you also see a lot of the stuff that you've never seen there before like picking yeah. standing there at the 5-yard line, you know, while his running back tries to get in, no block. Guys yelling at each other on the sideline, guys acting like they don't care at all as they walk off the field. it, it feels like a culture spiraling out of control a little bit. I I can agree with that. It's a team that a lot of guys get to
0: Pittsburgh and expect things to work out for them. Right. And uh, this can happen in college football programs where the tradition has been established. I mean, borderline, it's sort of something happening with Ohio state in these games that matter that they think those things are just going to take care of themselves. And like, it's all going to work out. Their fan base is guilty of that too. At times. Like I pointed that out with Andrew last week in the Pittsburgh or in the um, uh, new England game where that fourth down throw to Deontay Johnson, like, they didn't get the pass interference call and they didn't know how to handle it. Like they're yeah. used to getting those bailout calls, those bailout good luck things. And it's flipped because it should, they're not good. They're just, Mm-mm. they have nice pieces at spots, but the whole collective, the sum of the parts is not good there. And the statistics have told us that throughout the year. So that's a regression back to the average there, which is what we should expect for a team like that. So we're watching Pittsburgh closely. I feel like Pittsburgh is firmly out of the playoff hunt. They could get lucky and steal one from the Bengals, but out to Seattle, and then closing at Baltimore, the team that's, that's probably going to be trying to win the division that week with a simple win. You know, Brad, I just don't. I don't think Pittsburgh is a very serious contender of, of these teams. But there's also the Broncos now. Also of these seven and six teams, they fall into seven and seven, and the Broncos yeah. have been leaning into the turnover luck. It's been driving the boat for them. I've never thought the Broncos were very good. They got the best of the Browns. They did it at home, to be expected. Uh, I'm not all too uh, worried about those guys. I just thought they caught the Browns at the right time with DTR instead of Flacco and all that stuff. So their loss for the Broncos, they could have been up to 55% if they won that game in in Detroit today. They dropped down to 32% from the 40% range. So it had pretty big ramifications on where they're at right now so they drop to seven and seven we're all obviously paying attention to what they do to close the year they have a pretty favorable schedule to get to 10 wins here so new england and la the chargers the the really mm. bad la version so they get new england at home chargers at home and then they go out to uh, vegas but i would say be careful with going out to vegas on the road yes. last game of the season that's a division rival trying to spoil your year kind of game so uh, we will be closely watching the Broncos, but if the if the if the Bengals had lost, it would have been the perfect confluence of games there, Brad. But they didn't. But nonetheless, pretty good outcomes.
1: If, yeah, good outcomes. Uh, boy, you know the Bengals all but lost that game. Uh, crazy. I mean, if he just takes the snap, uh, you know, on the fourth down, if he just takes the snap cleanly, I think he gets the first yep. down uh and what a just a comedy of uh bad luck there uh i think it's uh, a good example of
0: like you can't just think quarterback sneaks are going to solve everything for you agreed philly yeah. has proven it can but there that's it and i i really that's like different. how the browns attack fourth and short yep. third and short because you know you do enough that teams have to be able to you know be cognizant of the perimeter right and then that's where those sneaks work because teams can't load the box in that very specific way. So uh, anyway, not bad. Could be, could have been better, but overall, take two or three outcomes from your OBR routing guide is pretty strong, right? And the Bengals only beating an NFC opponent, not the end of the world. Speaking of NFC opponents, we get the Browns and the Bears. So the Bears. let's go through, yeah, let's go through what we normally do here, um, just to remind you from yesterday, Browns playoff situation is very unique with this game so mm-hmm. they're sitting at around like 84 percent according to summer sports here right um if they win they get to 92 percent. awesome like, like, like that's uh right up there with like if they if they win they're right up there with the jags not far behind the dolphins it put them in the in the driver's seat right but if they lose they don't lose anything really they go from like to 78%. It's not bad, right? A loss in this game is not the end of the world. We don't want them to lose, and we don't want them to know that because you want them going out and trying to get this game done because it really puts you in a great position. But it's not a panic over a loss type of game here. But nonetheless, let's cover every angle of it. We have the dreaded, and I mean the dreaded, broadcast group here, which we've also not had much luck with, which has sucked.
1: As well. What do you Brad? mean? You don't like these guys? I heard they're not good. <laughs> 1 p.m. Fox, Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez. I don't know how we drew these guys three times in one season, but I don't know. Awful. It's awful. Here they, here they are again, emerging uh, their ugly heads onto our TV set for another Sunday. Uh, so we will, uh, you know, it's a home game. So I, you know, even more reason to turn on the radio and listen to Jim. Very well said.
0: I will be very fascinated almost from a humor standpoint to see how much they can get wrong. Now covering a team for th- yeah. three times in what a four week span. Yeah. This will be three out of four, right? Yeah. The two road games and uh, this one, the second home game. That's wild. Let's and see they how bad. No they are feel
1: for the team on the other one. So
0: none uh, whatsoever. All time. Browns bears. The Browns are 10 and seven. Brad, yeah. I have a trivia question for you. Ready? Yeah. So the Browns won uh, a really uh, – so they came back in 2001 and lost an all-timer. I don't know if you remember this game, but they lost an OT 27-21 by giving up a nine-yard touchdown pass with, four, w- with like under a minute left and then giving up a Hail Mary off of the onside kick recovery to tie it at 21. This is a Tim Couch against – do you know who the Bears quarterback was? If you do,
1: I will be – extremely like like blown away impressed so kim couch versus who would have that been
0: shane matthews if you'd have got that you'd you'd have to have
1: just known that quickly
0: or you wouldn't have got it okay so they lose that in an all-timer to give up a touchdown with under a minute left and then give up a hail mary to tie it and then lose it i think they lost on a if i recall again this is a long time ago i was 10 years old 10 10 11 years old i think it was a interception return yeah it was a mike brown interception return with only you know two minutes and 50 seconds into the overtime it's an awful way to lose wow. so then they beat them in 2005 and then we get three straight bears wins 09 13 and 17 i do remember the game on december 24th it was christmas eve of that 2017 season right
1: so i remember that too
0: Yeah, it was really, really cold over there. It was a bad Browns team, really cold over there. Uh, They lost that one. Um, I would be impressed if you knew the 2013 game, a really high-scoring 38-31 Bears win in Cleveland. So, uh, you know, Josh Gordon does his thing. That's a little hint to who the Browns quarterback was. But, yeah, do you remember who the focal points of explosive scores were in this game? Is that a Jay
1: Cutler team?
0: That's a Jay Cutler, 22 of 31, three touchdowns, a classic Jay Cutler, two interceptions. Matt Forte, the fantasy darling back oh, in the yeah. day. Oh, yeah,
1: he was very good.
0: You get Matt good Forte, back. yep, and then you get um, who's the on, the, on the receiving side. I mean, they had Brandon Marshall at that point. Oh, wow, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, right? Oh, wow and Martellus Bennett are their leading receivers. I'll, I would be – Brad, I would buy you dinner for a year if you know who the Browns' leading rusher was. Eight carries, 38 yards. Buy you dinner for a year. You can call uh, me wherever you're at. I'll give you my credit card number. Okay. And you can have dinner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, I don't I don't know who that would be. 2013, I'm trying to grasp – I'm guessing, you know, what uh, it's late in the year, it could be anybody.
0: Michigan State's Edwin Baker. Never would have gotten it. Never would have
1: gotten it.
0: Didn't even know he was a Brown. Yeah, Jason Campbell on this day, 23 of 39, 273, a touchdown, two interceptions. Browns led by five catches, 39 yards for Chris Obanaya. Edwin Baker, Hmm. pretty all-around game for him. We'd have bet on him and done well. Four catches, 46 yards. Yeah. Greg Little, four for sixty-eight, and Jordan Cameron, three for twenty-three. And then Josh Gordon with a typical three for sixty-seven and a touchdown, twenty-two. Yards per catch. So uh, yeah, high scoring game in that one, but a lot of turnovers as well. 38-31 final. Uh, The Browns obviously. You did get color right. Nailed that one. (laughs) But those other ones I asked you were really hard. The (laughs) Browns won the most recent one in 2021, if you need to recall it. It was early in the season, late September. 26-6 dominant performance from the defense where they sacked. Sack
1: fest, yeah.
0: Justin Fields a ton. Nine sacks in that game. Six of 20 for Fields, 68 yards in the rookie Rookie season, I mean, Baker got sacked five times, so it wasn't like a, a much better performance. Uh, May- Mayfield went 19 of 31, 246. Chubb ran 22 for 84. Kareem Hunt, 10 for 81 in that game in a touchdown. Leading receiver was also Kareem Hunt, 6 for 74. Could use a throwback Kareem game like that, couldn't we? We sure good. Leading, leading Browns receiver for four first downs. Odell Beckham, 5 for 77. Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? It does. It does to me. Uh, okay, well, that's the uh, 10-7 all-time series. See if the Browns can get to 10-8. Uh, the weather does look dicey, though, Brad. Tell me what you know about the weather. It's it's going to be wet all morning, right?
1: Yeah, so, I, you know, from what I can tell, and remember, we just, you know, preface this with that we are not weathermen. Uh, but from what I can tell, it looks like it's going to start raining up around the stadium at, like, 6 a.m., at times throughout the uh, morning, it's going to be 100% precipitation from what I saw, Chance. So it's going to rain some sometime up there. Uh, it looks pretty steady all the way through like 2, 3 o'clock, and then it drops off to nothing. So, you know, do, do we get lucky and it moves out early? Maybe. Um, but Who does a rain game benefit?
0: Now, who, who do you think it benefits?
1: Browns. Always, <laughs> I I, th-
0: I think a sloppy field would not do well for for Justin Fields moving Agreed. around. Right. agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, so so hard to predict those things, but
1: uh, I it mean, does look mean, like, it's not going to be
0: super cold, but it will be sloppy.
1: I think for like Flacco will be fine in the weather. He throws a you know a tight crisp ball, you know, and uh, they rely more on I think. With fields right I think he would like to your point he would struggle a little bit with that probably help the defense out a little bit
0: yeah it should it should we'll obviously be keeping a close eye on the weather leading up to the game as you listen to this podcast maybe you guys up near Cleveland are looking out the window and seeing it
1: already who knows it rained a lot last week before the game field held up really well though. It does seem like it's doing really well. So
0: it it might be something where you're seeing it and it's raining, but the field's not giving you indicators that it's having an issue, right? They'll keep it covered.
1: They'll keep
0: it covered for a while uh, through the early morning, obviously. So, all right, that's good. Uh, Let's do referee report real quick. I know you wrote it up. Give us the highlights on the referee situation for this one.
1: Yeah, real quick. Brad Allen, we had him once before. It was the DTR uh, Ravens game. So kind of a throwaway there. Uh the main highlights here are that he, you know, he leans a little bit towards the home team. Uh 61 and 52. I'm sorry, that's uh that's not right. Uh no, that's right. 61 and uh 52 to the home team. Okay. Um uh week uh, weird weird games he's had uh well first all-time record with the Browns since 2019 because I I don't go back uh much further than that, uh, for our, you know, purposes. Brown's record uh one in five with the Brad Allen as the head referee. Uh interesting right. note on him, yep. worth noting, uh while we're talking about it. The only referee since nineteen sixty two to move directly from college football into a head referee position uh without being an umpire first, Jake. Two thousand fourteen.
0: Well, highly up. He he looks like
1: Mike Carey uh retired okay. when he was transitioning into the umpire role and they just gave him the bump right to the head referee. Never been an umpire. Right on. Well, Browns need to flip some of their luck
0: with him. He looks like Brandon Staley in like 15 years.
1: Yep, he does. Similar
0: uh, similar like neck and head shape for him.
1: Games of note in that 1 and 5 recent record. Uh we already mentioned we had him once this year. Um the one win was last year's week 15, 13 to 3 Ravens game. Okay. So you've had him two Ravens game in a row. Uh, he did call the 2019 week one Titans game, uh, which, you know, will stick in my mind forever because of the hype around that team. But if you recall, that game was an 18 penalty, 182 yards in penalty game.
0: Yeah, and the Browns got a lot of them. Right, they had a player thrown out. Greg Eight Robinson ten, was kicked ten. out of that game. That's a ton of penalties. What game did he did one Browns game this year? You said,
1: he, yeah, he did the Ravens DTR. Uh, uh, yeah, a twenty-eight That's, to three home that, loss, week four. Easy one to do. Okay, yeah.
0: right on, Brad Allen. We need the best out of you. Bring it, brother. Drink, oh, wear your, wear your dry clothes.
1: Last two trends, real quickly. Yep. Um, calls led the NFL in false start penalties last year finished second overall in the league in defensive holding calls last year
0: it's been a while since i've noticed the browns the benefit of any like illegal contacts and stuff like that be a good good week for that could use it yeah could use it keep your eye on that we're going to take a break come back from break we're going to talk gambling real quick and then how the browns uh, get this done what we think they have to do to come away with a win here a huge win
1: that could put them over 90 percent chance for the playoffs. so we'll be right back All Eyes on Cleveland is brought to you by the OBR. Go check out the OBR.com today for the greatest, most detailed, inclusive coverage of your Cleveland Browns that you can find around all of the best experts and insiders, deep diving into everything you need week to week throughout the offseason, preseason draft, every game. Details, practice reports, breakdowns, everything that you want at the OBR. Uh, go check it out now. Make sure you subscribe. Tune in to our shows every night of the week at Twitch and YouTube. The OBR is a fantastic place and a great community to be involved with. I urge you, if you are a Browns fan, go subscribe today and become a part of the best Browns community around.
0: Hey Brad, I know you love that these guys are throwing it around a ton. The trends are the trends through two weeks with Flacco. I don't see it entirely slowing down here, and I know you're building some good
1: parlays around that throwing propensity right now, so hit us with what you got. I am. So uh, first of all, the line is uh, minus three Browns, uh, 37.5 over, under, uh, minus 148 the browns money line plus 124 to the bears money line 66 percent of the bets coming in on cleveland uh, according to DraftKings. um all right let's start off with our st- one of the staples that we go to over 17 and a half receiving yards jerome ford love it been a good so one. i went away from cooper last week jake and i told you this before and i was like man i don't think it didn't feel like he had a huge game, but then I looked at the stats. He had 7 for 77 after the game, and I'm like, why do, why even go away from Cooper at all? So uh, 56 and a half, I'll take it over. Njoku, 39 and a half, over. Hopkins, one and a half field goals, over. Love that one.
0: We know that. I'll be interested Elijah. to see how the 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 Bears use Jalen Johnson, who's their yeah, who's their best cover corner if they shade Amari or what they do, uh, how they go about that. That's one to just one to keep in mind. But I, I do I do on. like those numbers, uh, even even if it's a little sloppy.
1: I, I like those numbers. Yeah, uh, and Elijah Moore thirty nine and a half uh, over all passing props, but like. If you're going to give me Njoku and more at 39 and a half, and we're going to assume that Flacco throws it 40 times, I mean those guys are getting over. I mean, if we just look at last week's, I think every single person gets over on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh the, the, these numbers in the passing game are something you can keep taking advantage of. I don't think they've caught up to these quite yet for the Browns. You know, like yeah. I said, they've gone through all year, and then you get Flacco, who's really the Fourth quarterback to start for them, but I, can, I I consider him the second best quarterback to start for them this year. So yeah. I think that there's a, a a thing to take advantage of right there, Brad, where Vegas doesn't think he's going to be throwing it a ton, but he's actually throwing it way more than people anticipate. You can get it before they catch up.
1: And I I mean, I just don't think it's worth – I think you're getting cute if you're going to pivot to a run prop here against this Bears defense.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it's the right time. doesn't feel like it to me. Until they show me they don't want to – throw it around the way they've been throwing it around extension of the run game through the past. Right. I don't, I don't anticipate that that's gonna, that's going to alter it all. So, all right, let's switch over and talk about um, what you think they have to do. So, so give me what you think they have to do. And then I'll try to piggyback off of that. I know this isn't a team that we know very well. uh, Obviously you don't see them all too often, but I think the bears are playing better football and they're the browns are going to need to play a good game to win this one uh, a borderline really good game
1: to win it right so as you know one of my favorite things to do all week is listen to bears stuff or the opposing team stuff right like i'll just For my job, I I drive around a lot, so I have a lot of time to listen to stuff during the day as I'm going from appointment to appointment. And I listen to just about every Bears content I can while I'm out and about, and it gets gets you a good feel. And I do this weekly for our opponents, right? You know, the Bears are probably one of the most—they have to be the most intriguing team in the NFL right now with their draft pick situation and what they have at quarterback. Right. So they're a lock for the number one overall draft pick. They have fields. They flipped it last year to get DJ Moore. Uh, I think they're trying to convince themselves. I don't know, Jake, let me ask before I dive into this, what would you do? Okay. So they're going to have the number one pick overall, most likely a lock. Yeah. And probably like the third or fourth pick overall.
0: Well, it's interesting. They're they're currently in like the sixth, uh, sixth pick or something close to that in that room. But they're also not if they went out, they could be in the playoffs. So that pick is the variance on their pick is pretty wide,
1: right? Yeah, I'm so mainly the, the main thing is about the 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 yeah, p- yeah, yeah, Panthers yeah. pick that's gonna I just, be number one.
0: I kinda wanted to illustrate how how crazy the situation is in the NFC or really the NFL in general that you yeah, could be if the they went out, in.
1: they have a sixty-some odd percent chance of making the playoffs. So they are not out of it.
0: No, they're playing for their lives. They think they got a real chance to close the year out. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I'm always, uh, I like Justin Fields. Haven't seen enough to to feel like I should pass on the top quarterback in this draft uh, for him. So I'm trying to move him for a second, reset the quarterback rookie contract, and uh, take Caleb or whoever. Once you scout him out, pick the one that you want. But I I'm I'm a believer in. That. I just haven't seen enough from Justin. I, I don't. Yeah, I, don't feel I just like... think,
1: boy, I think he flashes so well at times. I just I would I would find it hard. Like the difference of what you can get for flipping Justin and flipping that pick are huge. So I guess I would have a hard time not continuing to build around him and trying to put a lot of talent around him because uh, I think DJ Moore has helped him a ton this year anyways let's talk about this uh, they they make they make a lot of big plays right uh, fields on the ground with under his legs they like to throw it uh, more recently with their success to DJ Moore deep uh, they have a committee of running backs that they've kind of worked through all year long Um you know, fi- kind of finding their groove offensively, but the main weapon, everything stems off of fields, right? Like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna play the read option? How are you gonna, how are the Browns gonna attack that, right? And try to bottle him up. Um, so, I think whatever plan you want to, uh, Schwartz comes up with, it, it has to be focused around. You know, I th- I watched the some of the Lions game. They found some success even though they lost with some delayed stuff. I think you can – the Browns use that a lot with Lamar a little bit too where, you know, you wait till the guy gets flat-footed in the pocket and then send somebody uh, on, like, some delayed linebacker stuff. You know, I don't think you necessarily have to spy him or anything like that. You know, that's like the first thing people want to say when you talk about a running quarterback is, you got to spy him, spy him. I, I don't – necessarily have to do that, but it's probably about more about being disciplined in how you play the read option, right? Um making the making him give it more than he keeps it probably would be the ideal thing considering Deontay Foreman is the running back. So however you defend that, I think you want to make him give it more than he keeps it because he seems to be the biggest threat on the field. Um offensively, the Browns are going to try to run the ball. I think you have to at least attempt to and keep them honest. Uh, they have a good run defense. Maybe they can find something here um, that they haven't been able to find. Uh, I, I think that I don't. The Bears are playing good football, but I think it's a little bit maybe overblown with them coming off of this. Like, they really think that they're like peaking right now, and I'm not so sure it's that fantastic. I think yeah. the Browns can win this game.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. I think there's a little fool's gold built into that, right? I know that the the yeah. Lions are bouncing back today. Every single, you know, n- notable team that's that wins 10 games, 11, 12 has a lull in their season. It's just it's unavoidable, man, right? It's unavoidable. So, I don't, you know, I get those are two. they match up well with the Lions. They played them tough two times, should have beat them two times. Yeah. But those games are sort of, you know, surrounded by some games like the loss to New Orleans. Uh, the, the they obviously have that that win over the Vikings, but it wasn't very pretty a Josh Dobbs team and then a tight win over Carolina. Like I just I'm not blown away by the Bears. like they're fine they've been playing better ball and they deserve credit. the defense has tightened up and they do have their their health is the most important thing. They're a really healthy group. But I do want to see what the elements make them feel like offensively and and how they respond to that. And then obviously being challenged defensively, sideline to sideline. They're not as effective outside defending team as we saw, uh, as we saw obviously with the Jaguars. So I think the Browns will press them there. How they handle play action will be interesting to me because I think the Browns will be able to run some boots and they'll be able to run some of the setup pocket play action. Obviously, I think the linebacker group is better in this one than the Jags put on the field. But I do think like Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker dealing with a groin, that safety group is not quite as formidable. So I think the Browns will be able to move the football. Again, we say it every week, it comes down to can they just take care of the damn thing? If they can stop turning it over, I do think they can find a way to 20 points. And then it's just how well can you navigate your issues on defense, right? We don't know whether Denzel is going to play. That's a huge one considering the safety situation. And you're going to be playing three guys who are not regular snap count guys. Right? So, that's something that they have to navigate. They have to have a good pass rush plan, and they're going to probably have to play more of their of their really good guys. Z and, and Miles are going to have to play a lot. You know, Dalvin's going to have to play a lot. I think yeah. you have to – if you look at what teams have hurt the Browns with the most, it's been perimeter run game because the Browns' defensive line doesn't redirect well enough and fight outside pressure well enough. So I think the Bears will challenge them there as teams have, and then they will challenge their rules – in any kind of zone read or power read or whatever read run scheme, they're going to read the quarterback off of it to see if the Browns are playing the rules the way they need to play them. Right. Because teams yep. have really uh, put those rules in conflict and, and taken advantage of an aggressive defensive line to get a pull key and a linebacker who doesn't honor what he's supposed to honor. Right. And they play a lot of man, so you can crack block and then have the corner chase him inside and then have a space for Justin to get on the perimeter. So it's not really a very good situation for the Browns because they like to play man, even though they decreased that man last week. And I think that we're probably going to see another decrease this week down in the 20%. I was just
1: going to ask you that with uh, his ability to run. Do you think that you see a click down in, in a man, a click up in zone?
0: Probably a click up in neutral situations. They'll still Mm -hmm. run their man in third and third down situations to create some frustration, to create time for the pass rush to get home. But I expect to see less early down man to to avoid some of those read situations that could cause them some trouble if they don't recognize and identify and swap out of those coverage or swap out of run fit stuff quick enough. So I think that you're going to see early in the game, they're going to challenge the Browns on those two things, perimeter run game and how well can you stay true to your your, your fit rules in any sort of uh, read read concept. Right? could be zone read, could be power read, could be any sort of read, could be Quarterback bash, they can throw a whole bunch of different stuff with quarterback uh, with Justin reading it. So that's what it comes down to. I think you continue to challenge Justin to make a lot of throws over the middle of the field, make him prove to you that he can sit in, feel comfortable, and do that in the elements, and then have a good pass rush plan to block him in. You kind of got to box those quarterbacks in. You can't let those guys. It's not necessarily about uh, lateral escapes. It's more so about climbing the pocket and escaping through the middle of the pocket. So really have to box him in. Uh, in that way and make him feel uncomfortable so i I think the browns have enough healthy to win uh, but it's going to be another game that comes down to the margins who makes the plays who doesn't turn it over and who makes the kicks that's what it's
1: going to come down to yeah um one of the things that field has done better since he came back from injury or came back from his missed time this year is is protect the football he's on i think he's only thrown like one interception in his last three or something like that that may not be exactly correct. But something to that effect, as uh, they're talking a lot about that in Chicago. Now, the the one thing that he will do, though, is fumble the ball when he's running with it and when he's transitioning to the pass in the pocket. He's not very strong with it. So that there is where uh, the Browns have, you know, recently done a pretty good job with that and can take advantage of it here, probably.
0: Completely agree, Brad. It is a game... Um... I don't expect to be high scoring. I think the, the bears have been playing a lot of those like 2017, you know, 17, 14 type, 16, 13 types. I expect it to be there, especially with the conditions. And it's just, again, can the Browns take care of it? Can they get off the field on third downs, right? Can they box in fields? I think if they do that stuff can try to take away some of the, 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 the perimeter run game for the bears, because they will certainly challenge you in that way. Watching tape recently, and then can the Browns get some sort of consistency uh, in the efficiency department in their own run game? Because then it sets up a lot of the other stuff that they'll want to do. So sure. big opportunity, man. Uh, I think they have enough to get this game done. We'll hope that they continue the trend. The big trend is that, that at home they've been really tough. And if you're on the fence about going, I know the weather's going to be nasty, but they need you. They need you in the stadium. They need you to make it loud. They're a better team at home. They're 6-1, and one, the best job they've done at home since 07. So, yeah, try to get they're, there if you can, and and really support these guys because I think that they're fighting and showing a bunch of uh, of mental toughness that we've always wanted from this organization, right?
1: They are. They're gritty, nasty. They're tough to beat at home just because they they don't stop. They're relentless, and uh, it shows at home big time. So
0: it does, man. So listen, let's uh, if you if you're on the fence, like I said, about finding a way in for this game. Tickets are not overwhelmingly expensive for this one, so you have a chance to get into it, right? Not trying to twist your arm to get into a game, but they are <laughs> in the midst of a real playoff run here, and they could use your support. I know last week was uh, was a little disappointing to not, to not have a few more bodies in the in the seats, right? So uh, I think you can get in. It was only $9 last week. It looks like it's up at 30 so it looks like the numbers in the pre-sale department are doing a little better. But like I said, you can yeah. still get in and support the boys if you go there. I'm sure you can find a good ticket somewhere along that walk into the stadium so that's it for me and brad all eyes on cleveland and obr film breakdown that's your preview let's hope the browns get it done we will be uh back for uh brad and i and, and joined by andrew spade will probably maybe uh, somebody else will be with us too we'll see how that shakes out but we'll be on the usual seven thirty hit. hits so catch us there and then you'll get all the recap stuff throughout the week you normally do so we appreciate you making time for this podcast making it a part of your day That's it for now. Appreciate you all. Have a great one. And hopefully we see uh, see you at 7.30 with some, some good results. Until then, go Browns.